This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. And we're back. After an adventurous week, week and a half of getting married. Woo! Whoop, whoop. Um, shall I be working hard on setting up the, the wedding? Woo! Decorating and everything. You can see pictures online if you visit our Facebook pages. Oh. <laughs> Maybe not Mary's, but mine, because she, she doesn't Facebook very much. <laughs> but we are back. Uh, we went on a, a four-day cruise, anyway, to the Bahamas. It was lovely. And met met an apostle and uh, some of his disciples, and one of them was named Baptism. <laughs> and let's just say they, they were selling some stuff that you don't want to partake of. That would make you feel all right. But we're back, and we're going to pick up with Mark chapter 6. But as I always ask you to do, would you please pray before we get started? Yes. And today we're going to be talking about rejection. Mm. Nobody likes to be rejected. Although when I, when I was, because y'all were making fun of me, because I was four foot ten when I was a freshman in high school, and I told y'all I was a point guard for our high school basketball team, because I played with guys who uh, were um, more, a lot more taller than me and more athletic. They could literally jump over me and slam it. And there was always this guy, like he would, when he would reject somebody's shots, he would holler out, rejected! So, I don't know why I just thought of that, but I did. Okay. Because that's what happens to Jesus a lot, is rejection. Mm. So Jesus experienced rejection. So shall we. But nobody likes rejection. So what do we do? How do we handle it? Lord, show us. Yeah. Yeah. Pray it, lady. Okay. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Thank you for your word. And you said that a workman approved is not ashamed. Help us to be those workmen who rightly divide your word of truth. We ask you for wisdom, revelation, knowledge, and understanding discernment in the knowledge of you because we want to have a deeper fellowship and communion with you and be able to to give out the understanding that we've received thank you that you pour it out liberally on us you take the the simple things and confound the wise and the wisdom of the world is foolishness in your eyes. But God, we ask for your revelation as you, as you illuminate our understanding. We thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm. So you know, did you ever like, well, you were a female, so I don't know if you ever did this when you were young. You, But like, I remember like, I was always scared of asking girls out, like in junior high or even before, like in my grade school years, because I was so small. I mean, I was three foot ten when I was eleven years old. Because we had that's when they started coming out baseball cards for people my age back in the old days. 
And I, on the back of my baseball card at 11 years old, 10, 11 years old, I was three foot ten. And so I got rejected a lot. Mm. And and but uh, so I learned if you remember this, because I'm sure you got a lot of them from guys. Would you go out with me? Like we could actually go out in grade school. But would would you go with me? Yes. No. And then we we would get bold and put maybe. That way it would give us a, a or our feelings wouldn't get hurt too bad if we were rejected, even though the maybe was a rejection. A it glimmer was a, of hope. Yeah, it was a glimmer of hope. What what's that what's the um what's that movie? Is that um what's the one where the the two is it dumb and dumber or it says So you're, so you're saying, saying there's, there's a chance, chance. <laughs> <laughs> One in a million <laughs> And you're saying there's a chance <laughs> All right, let me ask you this. So, so like, yeah, but yeah, yeah. what was your question again? Well, like, I was saying, did you like, like, I would, I would make these little notes to the to girls, you know, saying, would you go with me? Yes, no, or maybe, because I, so it was a soft rejection. I, w- I would give them a way out. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever get notes like that from a guy when you had to circle? It says circle one. Will you go? Maybe. With me? I might have been the one writing it. You know what I'm saying? I, I was kind of bold. Yeah? Yeah. I wasn't afraid to ask guys out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little more I think on the assertive country, side. a country singer write a song about that? Check yes or no? Yeah. yeah. George yeah. Strait. Okay. Yeah. 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 I was, was kind of the one. Yeah. Well, have, have you ever... Because you sing a lot. By the way, she took over the piano bar on the cruise ship. <laughs> Speaking of singing a lot, the guy literally got off from his piano, let, let Mary have the piano and the microphone, and she sang, what, three or four or five songs. Um, so it was really good. Um, but, like, have you ever wanted to sing a song, or but then you just you backed off of it, didn't do it, kind of held back or whatever? Of course. Because you didn't, you kind of wondering how the people would accept it or whatever, maybe Absolutely. fear of rejection. Yeah, even even while we were on the cruise, you know, I mean, uh, I did a Lauren Daigle song, and yeah, you I, say. I was like crazy nervous. Yeah, you can't. And say I that. sing all the time. Obviously, I I teach, I'm leading worship, but I was just like insanely butterflies in my belly because when I mean, we're singing in a bar and you're not sure how. Um, a song with Christian content is going to go over. <laughs> Which it went over In that well. environment, you know. You can see the videos on my Facebook page, Randall Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I wasn't sure how that was going to go over. I wasn't sure if that was going to be rejection or be met with, like, hey, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, and it was accepted well because I, she started singing with another worship leader, a black lady. And then the next thing you know, there's four women on the stage or five. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So, you, some of the devil's greatest tools is fear, mm-hmm. discouragement, mm-hmm. and right there with those two, a third one would be rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a legitimate fear. Right. And we're going to see, because Shelby's going to read verses 1 through 6, and we're going to see that, that Jesus... He, he's been, if you think about it, the verses that we've already covered, the chapters we've already covered, he's been rejected by people. Mm-hmm. He's been, re, the, the, the religious leaders who knew the scriptures very well, 
they 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 know the prophets. They know what the prophet. They know there's over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament about the Messiah. So they got all these details in the Old Testament scriptures, and yet Jesus didn't fit their preconceived ideas of how the Messiah was going to be. Therefore, they they couldn't get past that, and so they rejected Jesus as Messiah. And and uh, I think it was in the last chapter or the chapter before last, chapter four, chapter five. That they plotted, they started plotting on how they could kill Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how bad they hated this guy. They rejected him. They were not going to accept him as their Messiah. And in fact, there's Jews today, even today in 2023, they're still looking for right. the Messiah. They still reject Jesus, even his own people, the Jews. Mm-hmm. So if Jesus is going to experience rejection, we're going to experience rejection. So what do we do about it? How do we handle that? Um, all right, Shelby. Verses one through six. Woo! You get it, girl. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas? And Simon are his sisters here with us. And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so he goes to his hometown of, of Nazareth. And when you're reading that, I, I thought about, um, you remember when Philip went and found his best friend, Nathaniel? Mm-hmm. And said, hey, we found the Messiah. He's from Nazareth. Do you remember what Nathaniel said? Yeah, he said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Immediate rejection. He hasn't even met Jesus yet. But immediately, just because of where Jesus is from, his hometown, Nazareth, they know these people from Nazareth, they're just, they're no good people. You know, it's like the poorest, you know, just not, you know, no, you wouldn't go to Nazareth for anything. You right. would Or avoid Samaria. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. The half Wrong side of the tracks. Yeah. Wrong side right. of the tracks. And so immediately, Nathaniel hasn't even met Jesus. He says, can any good thing come from Nazareth? And Jesus calls him out on it. When he shows up to Jesus, and Jesus, I saw you when you were under the... How do you ever know? How under the fig tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you ever... I've never met you. How do you know this stuff about me? Well, I saw you when you were under the fig tree. What? Oh, this guy's got to be Messiah. He knew me and didn't even see me. But that's what we do. That's what we do as people. We we we, we have preconceived ideas like the religious leaders. We, we, um, we instantly look at people... And in our minds, we, we, we put them in these categories and we're either going to accept these people or we're going to reject these people. Mm. We're going to associate with them and talk with them or we're going to not associate with them. We're going to reject them. And, and what if we're the only voice that God has to use for that person and we're supposed to tell them about Jesus or, or speak a blessing into their life mm-hmm. uh, or whatever. And we didn't do it because, hey, we don't associate with those kind of people. We reject those kind of people. Mm-hmm. That's what Nathaniel was doing. Or, yeah, Nathaniel was doing. 
when Philip invited him to come see the Messiah. So anyway, so Jesus goes to his hometown, Nazareth. And you, you would think, okay, a small town, people talk, right? People know everything about you in small towns. I'm from a town of about 8,000 people, Milan, Tennessee. Go dogs! <laughs> anyway, people talk. People know everything about you. They know your business. And so, you know, Jesus is, we, we, he's what? He cast out demons in the synagogue. He's healed withered hands. He's uh, healed a quadriplegic. You know, when they tore out the roof and lowered their friend down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Jesus saw their faith. He healed this quadriplegic. He's healed a woman who spent all of her money, went to every doctor in the neighborhoods all around town, outside of town, mm-hmm. spent all of her money. Had no hope, and then she heard about Jesus. Jesus, uh, well, she touched Jesus, and she was healed, right? Um, he's raised Jairus' 12-year-old daughter back to life again. Um, he's calmed these crazy, massive winds mm-hmm. and violent waves that were, you know, thrashing the boat. The, the boat uh, about the, you know, the disciples were fearing for their lives. They wake Jesus up. Hey, help us. He speaks to the wind, the waves, and they're just perfectly calm automatically. Um, and just his teaching alone in the synagogues that the people have heard, that, you know, oh, and even in this passage, in, in verse, the ones that Shelby read, verses 1 through 6, they're amazed at, at his authority and, and his teaching. Uh, but their, their amazement quickly turns to doubt. And we'll see that here in a few minutes, how they, they just, they're just indignant toward Jesus. Though. No, we know this guy. He can't be uh, the Messiah. Um, and, okay, so like we went to your hometown. Well, it's not where you're originally from, but it's where all your family, well, most of your family lives mm-hmm. now. Near Charleston, South Carolina, when we had our wedding there. And usually, when you you know when you go home and visit your family, what happens? I know what happens when I go when I go to my hometown. I come across my friends, and you know my mom starts pulling out pictures, and you know start talking about this and that. And when you get around, you, you got a big family, and that we all gather over at your brother-in-law's, your sisters, and a lot of talking going on because your sisters. And this time, you know your your brother came down. But there's a lot of people at, at your sisters. There was a lot of people at the wedding from your family. And so, we, you know, people talk about the good old days. But with Jesus here, it's like you, you would think they would be excited about, here's Jesus. He's around 30, 31 years old at this time because he was 30 years old when his ministry started, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's grown up with these people. This is, He's at the synagogue. There's He's seeing people... He, you know, he's probably played, if they had some kind of sport back then, mm-hmm. he's grew up with them, right? He's done all these things. Aunts, uncles. Um, but now he's got disciples with him. Yeah. He's accompanied by his disciples. Yeah. So, wow, wait, he's a teacher and he's got students who are following him around? Hmm. Yeah, being a rabbi would be huge. And so he's got these fishermen who were unlearned and ignorant, as they were looked upon, tax collectors, 
notorious sinners. Oh, wait. Those are no good. And he's bringing them to church. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And so they they see Jesus, and you would think they would be excited about seeing Jesus and catching up. Hey, man, we're hearing about this great stuff that you're doing. We hear about this teaching. You know, where do you, where have you learned all this? Because we, we were with you your whole life. Mm-hmm. So how are you doing these things? But that's not how it goes. He immediately starts facing rejection. Um, you know, they say things like, well, we, we know this guy. His, we know his mom. Mm-hmm. We know his dad. Well, who they think is his dad. Joseph, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they even said in, in Mark's text that he's just a carpenter. He He's just the son of Mary. They don't mention Joseph. And when you when you read the Gospels, you, the, the, the uh, religious leaders would accuse him many times of being the son of an adulterer. Because if you remember, Mary was prego before they were ever married. They were just betrothed. And she... It, the Christmas story, we're you know we're in December now, so we're you know a lot of churches are turning to the Christmas story, the baby there Jesus. And when the angel visited Mary, he told her that Elizabeth, her relative, was already pregnant, and Mary runs off to visit uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah. Right for several months. And as far as we know, she didn't tell Joseph that she was going to be leaving or anything. The Bible doesn't say. But it does say when she returned that she was already like three months pregnant. She would, she would have a baby bump by then and Joseph freaking out. Mm-hmm. What'd you do while you were gone? <laughs> What's this all about? You know, because we haven't had sex. Um, and I forgot the point I was making. But anyway. Oh, I was saying that, that the text doesn't mention uh, Joseph uh, here about being the dad. And they, they, a lot of people thought that Mary had committed adultery. And she should have been stoned, according to the law. Uh, and so this was something that you know they have dealt with amongst their hometown and, and their people. And so it was kind of really easy for them to reject Jesus. It was hard for them to wrap their minds around the fact that you know the Messiah. There's over 300 prophecies. The Messiah is supposed to be this military leader, a great warrior who's going to lead us from the Roman oppression. Political, mm-hmm. and this is a dude we grew up with. Right. Yeah, be tough. Um, they say he, like this. He's, they say he's the brother of James. So we we know that Jesus had four brothers: James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. And sisters being plural means he had at least two sisters. Mm-hmm. But but Mark gives us the name of his brothers, but not his sisters. I don't know why that is. But that's the way it is. Um, and so a couple of things that I want to talk about from this passage is the first one is this. Be careful who you let speak into your life. Mm. Be careful who you let speak into your life. Because there's, there's people who encourage you and they, they will get behind you mm-hmm. and motivate you. And then there's people who will get in front of you and hold you back and discourage you. Mm-hmm. Especially from doing God's will, because um, not everybody's going to share your vision. I mean, here's God in the flesh coming to his hometown, and the people are like, nah. If you remember Peter, a man who Jesus handpicked part of the 12, 
They've done he's they they have seen Jesus do miracle after miracle after miracle. They've seen him go from village to village to city to city, town to town, preaching the kingdom and the gospel. Uh, well, not the gospel, but the kingdom and the, that the kingdom's coming. And they need to repent of their sins. And Jesus has told them many times, "I'm going to die. I'm going to be buried, but it's going to be all right. I'll be resurrected. I'll come back to life. It's going to be good." And what did Peter do? He gets in front of Jesus and says, no, this ain't happening. I'm, I'm not letting you do this. Right. And what did Jesus tell Peter? Get behind me, Satan. Yeah. You do not have the things of God in mind. Yeah. Opposition, that's what Satan means. But Opposition. Things of man. So even though Peter has walked around with Jesus and heard his teachings and, and Jesus has told him over and over, this is going to happen, mm-hmm. Peter himself stands in opposition to the will of God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Jesus calls him out of it and says, no, this is the will of God. It's going to happen. And, and then Peter's like, okay, you're, you know, what does he say? I'm trying to think how it goes, but he says, I'll die with you. And Jesus says, no, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. I'll never deny you. I'll die with you. What does he do? He denies it three times. Right. To the third, the third time at his point, he was basically cussing, angry, mad. So anyway, there's those who encourage and there's those who discourage. And um, I was thinking when I was making my notes, I was thinking about um, a church I used to preach at in this little town in North Carolina in the mountains. And my first week there, literally my first few days there, there was a concrete slab in this park and it was about a block away from the church building. And I, I thought, that, that looks like a be a good place for a little skate park because it's inside the park mm-hmm. and sure enough a few days later these ramps start arriving and the community gets together and starts putting up ramps so i was like yes so i go down there and I'm, I'm involved and i'm helping put these ramps together and i'm meeting people and talking with people and all excited and all, immediately i just start coming up with all these plans we could feed these kids you know i can use this as ministry i can give the skateboards away mm-hmm. the kid breaks their board you know i, just, I can give the, the wood part the deck I can give them a board, you know, invite them to church, minister to their families, minister to them. Just all these ideas start flowing. So I'm getting this vision, you know, these plans in my head, what I would love to do and how God could use this. And I share it with the men at church, and they're like, nah, this ain't going to work. You're wasting your time. And uh, um, so I didn't listen, right? And I, I, I went ahead and I, I paid for it with my own money. You know, bought, there's a place called... Uh, blankdex.com and you can buy them in bulk and it was a lot cheaper to buy them that way and they were good boards and I, I still skate that's what I skate even to this day is these blank decks and um, and so a kid would break his board I'd give him a board if they didn't have money to buy a board I gave him a board and and I got to meeting all these the, making all these friendships with these kids and then I got to meet their parents some live with their aunts and uncles you know a lot of drugs a lot of alcohol in these families and I got to minister to these to these kids and their families shared the gospel with them they were coming to church to our services we started having uh, devotionals with them at the church building we built skateboard ramps in the church parking lot besides of what was it the in the the teen center i mean the um, at the skate, skate uh, park yeah and we had i don't know 50 to 75 kids coming to that to our little devotionals and we'd feed them pizza or whatever and it got so big we started doing it every week and it kept growing and growing so we were like think I can raise some money, rent a building, and start a teen center. 
And the men were like, no, it's just the dumbest idea ever. Did it anyway. We raised $7,000, rented a 3,500 square foot building, had half pipe in one section, had a street course in the back section. And in, in another section, we had two slate pool tables that we donated to us, foosball table, ping pong table, air hockey table. This is when PlayStation 2s had come out. <laughs> we had PlayStation 2s. <laughs> Uh, computers, we had a big screen TV, a surround sound, mm-hmm. all this stuff was donated. God did all this stuff. And, and so we had people coming from towns, other towns, to skate at the teen center and hang out. We had a skateboard shop in there, a little kitchen. We you know, fed these kids. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, the big Methodist church up the road got involved in it. And they started pumping money into it. This thing ended up lasting around 10 years. And to this day, I still get messages and contacts from a lot of those kids that I mentioned yeah. to, who are now adults and have kids on their own. Mm-hmm. So I was glad I didn't listen to the, to the rejection that those the naysayers, know, yeah, yeah, because they 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 didn't see the vision that I, you know they weren't skaters; they were old men. They were fuddy days, and and. And so I, you know, I knew God had put the, and planned this vision in my heart. So I went with it, and God blessed it. Mm. Um, and I thought about David, and uh, when David went to see Goliath, right? Well, he didn't go see Goliath. He was delivering cheese and bread right. for his dad, and he sees Goliath. And uh, Goliath comes out. He taunts the army. The army runs off, including David's brothers right. that are in the army, right? But we know the, how the story. I know how the story. Um, so David fights Goliath, kills Goliath, chops his head off. The Israelite army comes and defeats the Philistine army. Everybody's excited. We all know that story. David right. defeated the giant. Right. We are releasing the sound. Cause the lost generation to be found. All you Grinded Podcast listeners, I know you enjoy some good music, but I want to tell you about some awesome music. Now, my friend, Mary Gamboa, she's also the worship leader at the church where I worship, called Authentic Church here in Alcoa, Tennessee. We'd love to invite you to come out and check us out sometime when you get a chance. Start at 10 a.m. And we're on Lindsay Street here in Alcoa. Mary has produced a new album called Jealous. And you can check that out anywhere music is being streamed. But you can also check it out at marygamboamusic.com. That's Mary G-A-M-B-O-A music.com. Go check that out. But in First Samuel 17.32, uh, this is when David shows up. He sees Goliath and he says, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine talking about Goliath, your servant, talking about himself, will go and fight him. So there's the vision, right? David's full of faith. He's pumped up. He's like, I'm going to go whip this guy's tail, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to deliver Israel from this enemy. And um, Saul, the king of Israel at the time, who David's going to be taking his place very soon, right? He didn't share the vision. He tries to discourage David from, to, uh, from fighting Goliath, and he doubts not only David, but Saul, who should be a servant of God. Because David said, God's on my side. Right. And he's going to deliver me from this Philistine's hand. Right. And so Saul's going to doubt David and he's going to doubt God. And he says in verse 33, Saul replies, 
You are not able to go out against this Philistine. You can't do it. Well, why is that? You cannot go out and fight this guy because you're only a young man. You're just a kid, and he's been a warrior since he was a kid. He's older than you. He's got a lot more experience than you. He's a lot bigger than you are because he's like almost 10 feet tall. He's about as tall as a, a basketball goal. His spear weighs like 150 pounds. His armor weighs hundreds of pounds. You don't even have armor. That's what Saul's going to tell him if you keep reading the verses. And basically Saul's saying, you don't stand a chance. So not, not everybody's going to share your vision. So be careful who you let speak into your life, right? mm-hmm. who you listen to. What you pay attention. And, and that's a hard thing because you can't control what other people say. Mm-hmm. You can't control what, what other people think. And you certainly can't control what they post online. <laughs> right? You can't you can't stop And they're warriors people. online. Boy, they get nasty you online. You can't stop people from having an opinion and expressing their opinion about it. But what you can choose is how you respond to that. Mm-hmm. Right? I can react in a way that is oh my gosh, I can't say, I can't believe that you said that about me or I can be offended like the people in this in this passage, right? I can be offended by what somebody thinks or what they say or I can say, you know, just like you did with the teen center. Like, I know this is, this is the Lord and I'm going to go ahead with what I feel like God's planted in my heart to do and I'm not going to be phased by what you guys are saying and you'll see. Yeah. You know? I mean, so we can react or we can respond. We can, we can with grace and truth and seasoned with salt, right? We can respond to people who are um, discouraging. Uh, or, or we can react in a way that is just flesh, meat and flesh. Which a lot of people do, unfortunately, many times. God help us. Yeah. Help us to respond in the spirit and not react in the flesh. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, David, David could have listened to Saul and said, yeah, you're right. I don't stand a chance. I'll just go back to my sheep. Take right. my sheep. And, you know, history would have been completely different. Right. But David had had the vision. He knew that God was, was on his side. He knew God would help him. He knew where his faith line uh, was. And, and... He, we know the story how it ended. So anyway. Right. Well, and part of that is just knowing the faithfulness of God in the past. Being able to look back and go, he delivered me from this. He delivered me in this situation. He helped me be victorious here. He's going to help me. This man's talking bad about my God. Mm-hmm. Not just about me. Not just about the nation. But he's mocking my God. So I'm not putting up with that. I'm... I'm going after that. You can't you can't talk that way about my father. And and if you go back and read that that story, it's really interesting because Saul should have had that attitude. <clears throat> Saul is the king, he's the leader of the people, and he's hiding out in the tent. Mm-hmm. And he's scared to death. Just like the rest of the army. Right. And the enemy is is on the battlefield just spewing lies. Every day for like Spewing 40 days. lies. For 40 days, he's filling the airwaves with lies about uh, 
who God is, who Israel is. They can't possibly win. We're taking your head off. You know, we're we're going to be victorious here. Mm-hmm. And the entire Israeli army is petrified, including yeah, including man. the king. And it takes this one shepherd boy who has seen the faithful, faithfulness of God in the past to say, no, he's talking bad about my God. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting up with that. I'm coming against you <laughs> in the name of that God that you're making fun of. I'm coming against of. you with a rock. Right. And then a pebble <laughs> compared to your big old spear. Right. And, he, and not to mention that Goliath has an armor bearer that carries his armor for him. So he can fight with both hands. Mm-hmm. So, but David knew where his he he saw the vision. He knew where his faith was, mm-hmm. and so he didn't listen to Saul. He's like, "Dude, I fought the bear. I fought the lion. God's going to deliver me, just like from this Philistine, just like he did from the bear and the lion. I got this. God's got this." Right. And like I said, that you know, it, the teen center lasted over ten years. That Methodist church ended up taking it over and, you know, and pumped a lot of uh, money into it. And, and people, they continued to cook meals for these, these kids and stuff like that. And we ministered to, to a lot of kids and their families. It was yeah. good. So just be careful who you let speak in your life because they can either encourage you or discourage you. Um, there is um, another one I want to talk about before we... Uh, Go on the podcast, and that's this. Don't let other people shape your identity. Mm. Don't let other people shape your identity. And I, I know, and when, I, when I'm talking about identity, I'm not talking about the issue that's going on in our crazy culture today about identifying as a cat, or like Pastor was talking about the other day in the sermon, <laughs> this girl identifying as a dragon, a fire breathing dragon. I'm like, come on, man. There's, no, we're not putting cat litter in our schools. You know, for you to go use the bathroom, man, go use a toilet because you're not a cat. Now, I'm not talking about that kind of identity, you know, whether you're, uh, uh, you know, a male or a female or things like that. No, I'm talking about who you are as a person, mm-hmm. your character. Don't don't let people shape uh, your identity um, because like they were saying about Jesus, oh, he, he's just a carpenter. You know, we know who Jesus is because we, we got the book and we see, we get to read the stories, but he's God's son. He's Emmanuel, uh, like mm-hmm. Pastor said Sunday. He, he is God with us. We know that. Mm-hmm. They should have known that. Mary knew that. Mm-hmm. She got the visitation from the angel, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the angel said, he is Emmanuel, which means God with us. So God has arrived as a baby. He's in flesh. He's grown up. And he's right here amongst the people that he grew up with. And they're saying things like, he's just a carpenter. He's just Mary's son. Where did he get these things? Yeah. Yeah. What's this wisdom that he's been given? Yeah. Proverbs 18.21 says what? Life and death is in the power of the tongue, and them that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Yeah. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we can speak life into people, Mm -hmm. or we can speak death into people. Amen. We can encourage people, or we can discourage people. Mm -hmm. We can exhort them, give them that gentle push, or we can hold them back. You can't do that. So we can we can speak life into people. We can speak death into people. Um, or people can do the same thing to us. Right. So we, 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 we don't want to let people shape our identity and who we are. Um, 
I was thinking about um, when Jesus went to Jairus' house to raise his daughter from the dead. Do you remember the first thing that he did when he, when he got to the house? You know, they paid people to mourn back mm-hmm. then. They mm-hmm. played all these instruments, and they were weeping and why, wailing. Why are you crying? Yeah. And what did Jesus she's, say? She's not dead. She's just asleep. Yeah. And what did they do? They laughed. They laughed. They, they, they laughed. Said Basically, they're ridicule. Yeah. yeah. They're ridiculing Jesus. They're rejecting Jesus. No, she's Jesus. dead. Yeah. And so he, 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 cleared, he cleared the house. Before he ever went and worked the miracle, right? Before he ever raised the daughter, he 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 said, "Get out!" But we don't need your negativity in here, <laughs> up in here, up in here. <laughs> and so he clears the house. He runs everybody out um, because he knows what he's going to do. He knows the vision. He knows what's about to happen. And he has done told Jairus, you know, don't fear, don't be afraid, only believe. All right. Get these naysayers out. Get this. this don't, so, don't let other people shape your identity. Would you want to say something? You like you want to say something? Be careful who you speak into your life. I mean, think about it. Jesus knows who he is. He knows where he come from. Right. He, you know. I mean, the next couple of questions. What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this a carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Mm-hmm. Look at verse 3. Where did he get all this wisdom and power to perform such miracles? Verse 3 says, Then they scoffed. What does yours say, the, the NIV? Because I think this is you live in translation. Verse 3. Isn't Verse 3 says, Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Yeah, they took offense at him. They scoffed. My, my footnote here says that they saw no reason to believe that he was different from them, much less that he was specially anointed by God. That's crazy. Right, because we know him. How many miracles He grew up on our street. <laughs> Right? He's just he's just that kid. You know, he's not different from us. You you think you're special? Thank you, special. <laughs> <laughs> but but they don't teach like he does. They don't right. they don't stand in front of people in the synagogue and deliver sermons and lessons. They're not saying, Hey, I, I know Moses said this to you, but I say this to you. Mm-hmm. They're they had never took a man's withered hand and made it straight and function properly. Mm-hmm. They never took a quadriplegic and said, "Hey, I'm going to speak." Raised him up, yeah. right? And instantly, you know, they they've never done anything like that. So they're they're not like Jesus. Mm. But I can see where they're coming from because they they were raised with him, and it, it's just they're just in they're just entrenched on. We well, know this guy. They're, they're seeing no him from the very fleshy, yeah, um, natural point of view. And here's the beauty and and the complexity of, of Jesus is that he is fully God, yet fully man at the same time. So they're seeing the fully man part of him and going, wait, he's not any different. You know, and that's that's a beautiful part of who he is as our savior, right? We have we have a, a priest in the order of Melchizedek who has gone in before us 
to offer sacrifices for us. He is he is the same as us in that he has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Yeah. That's the fully God part. He is tempted in every way, just as we are, fully man, yet fully God, he was without sin. Without sin. Yeah. And that's what um, what I was fixing to talk about, because if you think about it, even to this day, when we share the gospel with people, sometimes they'll reject it immediately. Sometimes they seem interested, but then, just like like the people did here, here in Nazareth, they were amazed, they were kind of interested at first, but then immediately they, they scoffed, they were offended, and they rejected Jesus, right? So we do the same thing today, and um, the the set passages for the 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 podcast, the, the grounded podcast, is Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Uh, and it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, talking about all those people in Hebrews 11, you know, the, the chapter of faith, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, because he's our example, like you were just saying, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. And that's what was going on. That's the reason why the author wrote the book of Hebrews. And we, I've covered the book of Hebrews. You can go back anytime you have opportunity and listen to them. It's a really interesting study. It's an interesting book, but it was written to encourage these Christians who were leaving Jesus and the church and they're going back into Judaism, right? Because of the persecution. Mm-hmm. And, and he's saying, think of all the hostility that Jesus endured from simple people. And if you think about what Jesus went through, then you won't give up. Well, the, the, the Greek word for hostility is derived from a Greek word called antelego, which means uh, to dispute, refuse, contradict, deny, speak against. In other words, rejection. Mm-hmm. So you could read it like this. Think of all the rejection that Jesus endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Well, we know he was rejected by the religious leaders who should have been pointing the way to him, right? Mm -hmm. They tried to kill him over and over again, tried to stone him many times, tried to push him off a cliff, did crucify him, right? Uh, the, The disciples were even rejected even after that. And, and so the Hebrew author says, hey, think about all these things, this rejection that Jesus went through. Think of all the pain that he endured from sinful people. And you won't become weary and you won't give up. So if, if Jesus, who was perfect, who never sinned, mm-hmm. uh, he never did anything wrong, um, he, the only thing he's guilty of is showing compassion and mercy and grace, helping people, bringing people hope, right? He delivers these people from all types of misery. Uh, he loved with the greatest love ever, unconditional love, agape love. Um, if he was rejected, he suffered rejection many times over and over again, even from his own people, from his disciples. We already mentioned that from with Peter. people in his own hometown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then guess what? We're, we're going to be rejected right. too. We're gonna, it's going to happen. Count it all joy, brethren. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing, and this, this is one of the things I used to struggle with growing up, but, uh, well, even as an adult, even, is, re- is rejection. Because nobody likes to be, like we start off the podcast, nobody wants to be rejected. Right. And, and, and We all want to feel like we belong. We all want to be accepted and um, 
be embraced by other people find a place where we fit in that's part of our humanity fear discouragement and rejection three of the greatest tools the enemy uses and so we'll finish with this in verses four through six jesus was amazed at, at the people's unbelief his friends his family because his own brothers and sisters are rejecting him. They even say that, that he's crazy. He's out of his mind in what the other gospel mm-hmm. says. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says that that, uh, that because of their unbelief in Nazareth, his hometown, Jesus couldn't do uh, any miracles there among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And Jesus was amazed at their unbelief. And the Greek word here... It, uh, for amaze means to admire, marvel, or wonder. Mm-hmm. Like I do at your eyes and your smile. I tell you this um, all the time, every day, many times a day. How beautiful your smile is. See, you can see it. And her eyes. And I just marvel at them. I just gaze. And um, I wonder at them. I admire them. Um, and so Jesus is, he, he's literally, and he's like in awe. He's, in, he's just, in complete wonder and he's admiring if you will their unbelief so it's not something positive it's something negative mm-hmm. he's he's just he's literally dumbfounded like i can't believe i'm in my hometown and i am who i am i'm god in the flesh and my own people are rejecting me mm-hmm. and he couldn't even you know work a few miracles because of their unbelief which tells me that there were some things that needed to be accomplished, but they were left undone. Not because Jesus wasn't willing, because he was willing, mm-hmm. but it was because of the people's unbelief. So leads to the question of what is it that God wants to do in us or through us? What does he want to do in our um, hometown, if you will, or in our um, gatherings, assemblies, our churches, our bodies of believers that that he doesn't do because of our lack of faith. Or, or are there things, you know, or do we need to raise our level of expectation and our level of faith and believe for the crazy. Believe for the impossible. Well, that's what Pastor was saying Sunday. Remember right. That? He was saying miracles still happen. And they're, they're... Right. Don't just raise the bar. Take the bar off completely. Yeah. Right. So that, you know, that we believe for things that seem absolutely impossible. You know, that that's some faith that he can work with. Yeah. Right. But, but on the flip side of that, as... Our main goal, or not goal, but our main task is we're to, we're to be fruit producers. But to be fruit producers, we got to sow seed, which we talked about a week or two ago in the podcast. Got to plant and water seed. But why do we not plant seed? Why do we not water seed? Because, Fear, rejection, because we're, because, <laughs> discouragement. Because we're already thinking, they're not going to listen to me. I'm not going to know what to say. And well, so, that sounds a lot like Goliath, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And so we hold back. We don't even bother planting the seed. We don't bother watering the seed. We don't, we don't tell people about Jesus because we already we're thinking we're in control. Mm. 
and we're not in control. It's God. God is the one who brings the increase, and that's what Paul says in what First Corinthians, Second Corinthians. And therefore, if we would realize that God's in control of the results, we're not. Mm-hmm. But we have a job to do. We have a task we've been given, and that's you know what well, the Great Commission, Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen through twenty, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus said, "Go, make it, disciples of all nations." Yeah, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them, yeah, everything that I've taught you. Yeah. He didn't say heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out the demons. We're going to see it in the next podcast or two. Uh, in this chapter, he's going to send out the disciples by two by two, and, and they're going to go into to villages and preach about the kingdom and mm-hmm. repentance, and they're going to work miracles. He didn't say we're about the results. Mm-hmm. He said if you get rejected, you shake the dust off your feet and you move on to the next house. Right. Well, I mean, he tells us to ask, seek, knock. Right. Yeah. To pray without ceasing. To to watch. Watch and pray. Which goes back to what you were saying. We've got to raise our expectation. Mm-hmm. So we serve the same God they serve. We have the same Holy Spirit they have or had. And living inside of us. We serve the same Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he is still able to heal. He's still sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's still able to save and deliver. He still has all authority and power. Mm-hmm. All, all resources. Do we believe that or not? Yeah. So here's crazy situation this morning. I walk into work, and um, there's a gentleman there who I, I know fairly well. He comes in regularly. He had met somebody in the grocery store yesterday. He starts talking to this lady, and she just breaks down crying. And his heart is so full of compassion. And, um, you know... I wouldn't say that this this man that that I know is like necessarily a spirit-filled believer, but he was definitely being used by the Lord and he was listening to this lady's problem and her husband's in the hospital and you know their home is burnt down, their vehicle is burnt down, they have nothing. He is like knocking at death's door, getting ready to have surgery this morning. They're not church, they don't pray, they don't know the Lord. And he was like, I'm going to pray for you. And he goes to call everybody that he knows, pastors, ministry leaders, people that he knows, know how to pray. He was like, I don't want to say the wrong thing, even in, even in my praying for them. I want to pray for them, but I don't, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I want somebody else to pray with me, right. you know? And um, he was like, I called several people and they wouldn't even pray with me over this. And so he came into the music store where I work. He was like, because I know they'll pray with me. And I said, okay, man, come on. Let's let's pray over this man and this woman. Which is what you do because we pray for a lot of people on the ship. Well, you know. <laughs> on the spot. Just, what, what does Jesus tell us to do? Ask, seek, and knock. Yeah. Right? And believe him for the impossible. Right, like you said, we're not responsible for the results, but I am responsible for the asking. Yeah, and um, I I don't know this woman. I didn't meet her. I didn't meet the the husband. I you know I just know my friend, and he's like everybody else is saying no. They won't even pray with me over this. I'm like, well, let's pray and ask the Lord and see what He does. Come on, mm-hmm. 
And and so I prayed with him there in the shop. I mean, that was first thing walking in the door this morning. I'm like, okay, because this is what we do here at the music store. <laughs> <laughs> we we have church. We come on, Jesus, come on in. Well, the we do. You and I during our prayer times, we do pray for divine appointments, right? And Damascus Road experiences. And well, they keep coming up. Well, <laughs> they hallelujah. keep popping up everywhere. Hallelujah. And, you know, were we not asking for those things or being watchful to take advantage of those opportunities, what of those things would pass us by? Yeah. You know, I mean, how many people did he actually call and say, hey, will you pray with me over this couple and what they're going through? And the people didn't even take the time to do it. Yeah. Preachers. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so, I mean, may we be diligent to take advantage of every opportunity. I, I remember hearing a story about Mother Teresa. Now, whether this is true or not, I'm, I'm not sure. But that she was um, at a beach that was covered in starfish. And one at a time, she'd grab one off the beach and fling it back into the water. I mean, and as far as you could see, it was covered in starfish. And somebody came up to her and was like, what are you doing? You can't possibly, like, save them all. And she said, it mattered to that one. You know, and what if we looked at our lives and every opportunity that we have? I may not be able to get every single starfish back into the ocean where it belongs, but it's going to matter to that one. Yeah. It mattered to the man that I prayed with this morning who was in tears when he left. And I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back, but I'm just saying, look at Jesus. Come on. You know, um, it it mattered to that one. And if he comes back tomorrow with an awesome praise report, (laughs) it's going to matter to those, you know, that that were the recipients. And, And who knows? Maybe they'll actually come to church. Maybe they'll come to Jesus because somebody took the time. Matter to that one. Yeah. He was rejected by a lot of people. Yeah. He pray with me, pray with me, pray with me. And he preacher said no. But he knew where he could go. Which says a lot about you and your faith. Oh. You've raised your bar, your expectations. Yeah. And, and I'm just crazy enough to believe God at what he what he says. Yeah. You know? Hey, let's be a little crazy and say I'm going to believe what God said. That we could ask, seek and knock and that he would answer. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> so don't let rejection keep the fear of being rejected mm. hold you back yeah. from following God. Yeah. Get your hands dirty. Come on. Get to work. All right. Let's pray. And we'll close. Father, thank you that you don't reject us, that you love us despite who we are, a bunch of sinners, that you, your agape love um, just accepts us just as we are. And you, you welcome us into your presence, into your kingdom, because we're washed in the blood of your son. We're just so thankful that he did not reject us, that even though he was rejected, he loved us so much that he would be our sacrifice. He would die on the cross for our sins and that we could be reconciled, that we could be made friends again with you. Thank you that um, 
you love us so much and you accept us just as we are and you cleanse us from within and you fill us with your spirit and you dwell within us we just thank you for accepting accepting us and not rejecting us and we pray for those who have that fear of rejection mm-hmm. who who are being held back and deceived by the enemy and discouraged by the enemy discouraged by their friends and family lord they they have a a vision in their heart and in their heads for you and in your service but they're afraid afraid of being rejected and father we just pray that you would give them the courage they need that they don't turn to the right or to the left but they would trust in you and they would put their faith in you like david um when saul tried to discourage him from fighting goliath he knew the faith that he had in you not in his own strength but in your strength and we pray that uh father that people's eyes would be open and their hearts would be open um and that their their bar their level uh, of expectation would be raised high that they would would fix their eyes on you and not worry about the results lord but let, but let you worry about the results that they would that we all would go forth in faith and to trust you and to put our hands to the plow and not look back but to to um, to plant and water seed and that you would bring the increase that you would be glorified and your kingdom mm-hmm. uh, would grow. Thank you, Lord, for not rejecting us, but accepting us and loving us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Jesus. Amen. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grind It Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grind It Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.